Your life is an opportunity. We live deliberately, relentlessly pursuing our goals. We don't settle for mediocrity. We work towards greatness. We are mindful of the process, but we demand results. We embrace our role as leaders, and we lead by example. There is no finish line. We are leveling up every day until the end. We are real men doing real work and getting real results. This is the path to excellence. All right. Welcome to the Path to Excellence podcast, where real men are doing real work and getting real results. And today it's me and Zach, the two of us going to hit a topic that's pretty important. We're going to talk about why you need to stop giving a fuck. Too many fucks to be given out there. It's it's happening everywhere we look. We're too reactionary. So we're going to hit this for a little bit. Zach, what's up today? What's going on, brother? Yeah, my, my field of fucks is barren, man. And I like how you came out the gate just saying, like, stop giving a fuck. Because honestly, there's so many people giving all the fucks to everything that doesn't matter and not putting any of the fucks that should be spread upon this field to the things that actually would change their lives and get them to where it is they want to go. Yeah, well, when you're paying attention to the wrong stuff, um, you're not going to get where you want to go. I mean, where you put your where you put your mental energy is of utmost importance because we're trying to pursue goals. We're trying to get better. We're trying to become better and stronger men. So when we're distracted by all these things that are coming at us, and I know we talked about distractions recently, but this is kind of how we handle the distractions, the overall attitude. You don't have to have an opinion on everything someone puts in front of you. And people just get down the rabbit hole giving too much fucks, too much mental energy, and it takes you completely off track. Dude, you would not believe how many people take issue when I tell them that I have no idea who they're talking about when they're referring to some celebrity or they're referring to some politician, you know, or whatever. Like, I, I recently discovered Theo Vaughn. I think that dude is hilarious. Like, but all of his content is new to me because I've not realized he's been out for however many years. You know, people ask me about, like, politician, did you see that he did this? I'm like, I have no idea who that is. Or some hot YouTuber. I'm like, I don't know. I don't follow these things at all. Like, I have so many things that I do care about and like are a part of my daily routine and just what I want to do with part of my goals. That when I look at like all the people that are out there, there's no way I could keep up with all that. And I don't even know why I would want to. I don't know how people keep up with all that stuff, considering I can't do that, considering all the stuff that I do keep up with in my own life. It's a big flex if you don't know everything that's going on at this point. <laughs> like, I'm genuinely, genuinely impressed when someone, you know, I'll try to talk about something. And then I realize, like, oh, shit, I give too much of a fuck about this meaningless thing. Um, I'm getting sucked in. So I like to pay attention to it myself. We end up playing off each other's or uh, someone else's script that they're writing for us when we're, we're falling into these narratives because um, DeSantis did this or Trump did this or, um, you know, what does Theo Vaughn talk about? So Theo, he tells the greatest stories, man, you know, like, and it's just about like the wild things that have happened to him and just experiences of his life. And I think that's why I like it so much because the dude, he's funny, he's a comedian, but also he's talking about real things in a very funny manner that sometimes deliver a real message, but sometimes there's no lesson at all to be learned. And I like that too, because not everything has to be absolute construction and self-development and all these things. Like sometimes like my, I guess, waste space, you know, my, like just my scroll, I don't sit on Twitter and scroll around. But I'll watch videos of like these guys or like I'll go on TikTok and watch like comedy or baseball drills, or whatever. And like I come across him and I'm like, this dude is fucking hilarious. Like he just crushes it. And just his one line is, man, it's impressive. And you look at this, like I used to be on Reddit a lot. And Reddit before it went all the way left and like all this like craziness that I promote about like America sucks and socialism. Yeah. It really just had a lot of random stories from everywhere. And that was like my news. So I would go on old school Reddit. I'd flick around. I don't know what it does now. I don't go anymore. But I'd flick around and I'd find these random stories. I'm like, yo, this is interesting as shit. 
and I would sit and I'd learn about like this fucking squirrel that can ski on the back of a remote control boat. <laughs> and I'm just like something out of Ron Burgundy. And I'm like, oh man, that's funny. Like, I don't care that like recently I saw in the news, the Nebraska Senator filibustered for like three weeks. And there's like a clip of her just banging the, the podium screaming. We love trans people. We love trans kids. We love trans people. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? How did we get to the point where our politicians are doing such craziness and people are like consumed by it? And I mean, I know about it, so it got it somewhat popular, but I'm just like, there are people who are like reacting to this very angrily. Like they are fucking pissed off that this is happening. And I'm like, oh, I'm not mad. This is like wild entertainment for me. Yeah. It didn't make you completely outraged. And <laughs> I wasn't triggered. I mean, even though that's an important subject that I know you have opinions about, you didn't get completely outraged. It's funny. Like sometimes I'll, I'll try to write about real estate stuff and geez, I cannot believe the complete outrage about, uh, from people that I interact with, uh, that tell me I'm the devil and stuff when I'm, I'm just trying to help you own some property perhaps, or, or make a move in your life. Um, I find myself getting less and less outraged about what other people want to do. Did you see the tweet from AJ Cortez about the person that was triggered because he bought some clothes or some shit? I did. I'm a big AJ fan. I saw that. He's a All right. Player. So shout out to AJ Cortez. Follow him. He's one of the funniest motherfuckers on the planet. But he shared something. He's like, I don't understand. Or he, I think he said, I find it hilarious. When he goes out, he'll spend some money on some clothes. I mean, he believes he's in India. So he got some clothes from India Taylor or an Indian Taylor. And like somebody was just upset about it. Or, or like, like it set him off. They triggered him. And I look at that and I'm like, dude, like it is fucking wild how many things or how many people will get upset about the smallest of things you do with your life. Brother, I have nothing but love and respect for you and your family. But whatever clothes you buy, whatever workout you choose to do, whatever food you choose to eat, it's not going to upset me because you're living your life. Go do you. I'm going to do me. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and, and slam my fucking keyboard because you had some cake or you said, hey, I had a, a fucking salad with no protein on it. I'm just going to be like, cool, man. You do you. Yeah, it's uh, looking to be outraged, too. It's like you can read 10 sentences and one of them pisses you off a little bit and then you can't see the other nine. So a lot of people, he pointed out, lost the fact that he was in their country buying clothing for them because he appreciated the way they make their clothes. These are all positive things, but you latch on to that one thing to be outraged about. That's It's fascinating, really, to see why, why has this gotten so much worse lately, too. So that's a good question. And honestly, I, I don't want to grab all the aluminum foil and, you know, put it around my head. But I, I've had this theory going for a few years now. I wrote a I wrote a post on the Family Alpha as well as my Substack because I wrote about it twice because it was that important. And it's something that really eats at my brain. And so here's my theory, man, with with the introduction of social media really taking root. So it's like before it was given and we used it. And now it's like deeply ingrained into society and how we communicate as a species. And so with that, with all those electrons, we are becoming the binary opinionated individuals that these electrons are. You know, computer reads code zeros or ones, right? It's like we're becoming that. And I'm not saying that we're becoming robots. Like that's obviously what I'm saying is our thoughts are we there is no gray. It is black or white. If you have an opinion that differs from mine at all, you're against me. And it's just like that is not normal. That is not a normal way to interact. I don't interact with people like that. There are a shit ton of people that I have a lot of differences with that I get along with great because I don't need them to be me. But with identity politics, I would say to a degree, we had built a class of adults who sort of lost their way. Think about the men and women from 40 to 55. 
You're not young anymore, but you're not quite old. You're not really relevant because you're not leading revolutions, but you're not an old individual passing on wisdom because you're not that old yet. And so they're in this gap area. And I find a lot of individuals who are there finding a way to remain relevant and have a sense of purpose in their life by latching onto whatever the idea or identity is being given to them from, you know, the machine, you know, mainstream media that every day is a different outrage click for them. Mm. And so their whole lives, man, are, are being pulled in that direction. And we can talk about the youth too, but I, I feel like that window, that group of people that lose themselves a little bit, they find themselves in this outrage and they're the ones that are freaking the fuck out about everything they can see online. It's that you're a zero or a one. It's amazing. If you're a Democrat, you can't possibly enjoy country music at this point. You know, it's like, <laughs> we have these rigid, rigid lines. And it scares me a little bit because when you look at something like COVID and the way people reacted to it, um, we gained a lot of distrust for the medical system, um, you know, the CDC, whatever. But what if there was actually a real um, dangerous virus for healthy 40 year old people that came around now? people probably wouldn't believe it because of the boy who cried wolf. I mean, the boy who cried wolf story, you know, you cry wolf and there's no wolf. They're not going to believe you when there's a real wolf. So I trust that if there's something real that comes around, I'm going to stay objective enough to analyze what's actually happening and take a real threat seriously. But I'm very concerned that a lot of people won't at this point because they're so rooted in the identity of like, no, whatever the CDC says is wrong, but even a broken clock is right, you know, twice a day. They say. Do you think... So let me pitch another. Are you ready for this? Another theory? Another conspiracy? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Do you think that that is a part of the play they're going to make on the next move? If if they took all the data from who resisted, who didn't, if they take all the data to what did people do? How do they react? Where did we lose control over them? I'd say a majority of people would agree you lost people when the body count wasn't adding up. When you started having to give incentive to get a vaccination, that showed me that, dude, if, if I saw people dying around me, I'd be I'd fucking fist fight to get in the front of the line for my wife, and my kids to get the vaccination. But because I saw like nobody's dying from this, you just get sick and you get over it. It's just, it's a bad flu, you know, and, and people. Some agreed like, yeah, like I'm not getting that vaccine like this is just a sickness we can get over. Others are like, no, everybody's dying. Well, those who didn't get it, myself included, my family's not vaccinated. We are the people that they're going to look to get the next time. What did we not see? We didn't see bodies. What will they include? A more lethal disease. And look, just stay with me. I, I see you starting to drift off. If they introduce one where it is more deadly and the government says, hey, you know, there's another one coming out, another epidemic, and people like me are like, no, fuck you. We don't trust you. Like you just said, we don't believe it. We are going to die. We are going to be the ones who actually get killed this time. And the people who complied and supported the government originally are now going to be proven to be right because now there's a shit ton of bodies of those who didn't get vaccinated the second time. And so they're like, hey, you see, you should have believed us all along. And then they'll push that final move to like, see, now trust everything we're doing, get all these vaccines, get on board the government program. This is hilarious. As um, <laughs> we're, we're so far down the rabbit hole. And last week, me and Anthony made an episode about, you know, getting canceled and not giving a fuck. And now we're really trying to. So that's great. <laughs> that's great. Um, but no, I mean, it, your point actually does have a lot of logic behind it. And perhaps I actually see it the other way. I see it as um, they didn't get you and they know they're not going to get you. So, but they got enough, like they won, like the, the great COVID test, uh, humanity failed, you know, it, America failed for sure. 
as far as we accepted their bullshit and we complied and we said, just, you know, do whatever, um, you know, lie to us and tell us obvious lies and we'll still comply. So I think them not getting you, I mean, they're like, whatever, we, we won 95 to five. We don't care about the five. It'll, it'll be interesting though, like the 15 um, from 95 to 80 that, you know, complied, but then actually woke up and they're like, oh shoot. Like there's some people that learn the lesson. There's some people that, you know, kept their kids out of school and regret it and in hindsight can see that they 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 got into the panic and and lost their minds those people will be the interesting area for like if we do this again can we still hold them again will they fall for it again that, that part i'm interested to see and a little bit a little bit scared i hope they i hope they do better this time <laughs> that's a fucked up claim but like yeah no i'm with you uh so it, it i'm watching a documentary series with coda and he's big into World War II. So we're watching, it's called The Leaked Tapes of Hitler or like Hitler, The Leaked Tapes, something like that. It's a great documentary. You know, we're sitting going through it and I'm looking at it through the lens of like, it's so interesting. One, dude, the film there, like when they show the film, and I think they cleaned it up a little bit. Like this is not that long ago. And Coda, dude, it blew his mind. He's like, I didn't know that they had film during World War II. He didn't know that Hitler was ever on, like you could see him speaking and things like that. And so, like, he's sitting here, like, mind blown. Oh, my God. So that's Hitler. Here's what he did. And what they're doing, it's they're talking about a lot of things that people aren't talking about. So how did he rise to power? All these things. And they were talking about how, how good of an orator he was and how you could make people feel a certain way. And, and to, like, a microcosm, I understand that. Like, there are speeches I've given to get people motivated, pumped up. Like, if you were to spin that, and I've seen other speakers do, the, do this who have a darker mindset, you can bring people down. Like, you can sway people's opinions. And nowadays, there's just so many voices that it's almost a game of chance. Like when you log on to Twitter, who did you come across in the early stages? Somebody that made you better or somebody that made you worse? And I'm wondering if that's playing into this as well in that whoever you were following, whatever your political ideology was, whatever you were raised on, that was what swayed you to where you went with COVID. That's what's going to sway you where you go, you know, with a lot of the things we see online. And so... It's on us to be that positive message. Like obviously path to excellence. We're talking about getting better, you know, but for those who are on a different path, they're on the path to destruction or fucking permanent redundancy without progress and distraction by mainstream daily outrage culture. Are they ever going to find their way back or, or what would it take for them to find their way back? Is it going to have to be another COVID or what would it take to get those individuals to break free from that first impression of, yeah, that person made me feel this because dude, there's a lot of people who became Nazis that were just normal fucking people that found their way there because somebody made them feel a certain way. And there's always going to be that section of people. I mean, I feel like of society, you know, the people that fell for it and the people that fell for it are in two different camps. And some are just going to fall for a, um, a great speaker all the time. And it, it's like a human thing. Great communicators are powerful and some have hyp hypnosis qualities and it's very effective. And that's why people learn them. But I think... Um, at the most core level, some people really, really value and seek safety and others really value and seek freedom. And those that want to be protected and want someone else to protect them versus they want the free will to decide for themselves. I think that will always be a divide. Um, my fear is that there's less people, you know, people have given up on on the thought that they can do it for themselves or they can create opportunity for themselves. And once you throw in the towel and you're like, oh, man, the system is rigged, I can't win. I'll just I'll just do as good as I can through the government and try to play the safe road. So what do you think? I'm going to put you in the hot seat now. 
how much do you think that we are catching or we're focusing on these things? We're talking about these things. We're dedicating time right now to this because we are online and we're a part of sort of this culture of engaging and using electronic mediums. Like not many people are podcasters. Like we're, we know a shit ton. So it's normal for us, but not many people are actually podcasters. When I leave my house and go to the community, there's zero, a whole town. <laughs> Nobody else is running a fucking podcast. Do you think that we're in an echo chamber and we're thinking this is bigger than it is because we see so much of it online? Or do you think this is that big when you you're in a more populated area than I, how are the people, if you could read them are just totally fucking disconnected from the internet and just doing their thing and living their normal fucking life. I'm in a very interesting place because I'm in Sarasota, Florida, and we've gotten tons of people that have moved here, like extreme numbers of people. And a lot of them are fleeing um, the North and, uh, I, I was from Massachusetts. I came down in 2019. So before 2020, obviously, <laughs> and, uh, I meet a lot of people from Massachusetts and even people who are not the same, um, freedom seeking and, you know, straight out, like I've met people who were hard Democrats that decided to move to Florida because they're, they were worried about their children and the, um, the influence of messaging on their children with a lot of left's messaging. So I do see people really tuned in to the national conversation. Um, and it is, it is very divided and more, more so divided than I've ever seen. Um, That's so interesting to me because I, I don't ever have conversations on current events because it's like people down here, we're, we're in our own little world here. We're more focused on like the farms and the local businesses. I don't ever have those big ticket or big topic discussions. You know, we're talking about youth sports. We're talking about what we can do for the school. We're not talking about anything on the political level, really. Like the the trans bathrooms and all these things, there are people losing their fucking minds over this, dude. Like they're going insane on both sides. People, like I said, you got to stand there banging. We love trans people. We love trans kids. And then you got the other side saying, stop surgically like castrating our children. What is wrong with you? Stop putting grown men in little girl bathrooms. Like what the fuck is happening here? This is crazy. In my, here, Eastern North Carolina, bro, there, there's a boy's bathroom and a girl's bathroom. Nobody's talking about trans shit. We don't have any trans things going on. There is no flag being flown for Pride Month. Like we're we're just doing our thing, and it's it's part of the reason I moved here. It's part of the reason I wanted to go down and get away. You know, sometimes we're rural as shit. If we've spoken about that, maybe that'll be another episode on what's the right distance from a city. <laughs> but looking at this man, like it's I'm having a totally different life experience, and I think that plays into why I am the way I'm online because my real world experience is literally completely different than somebody that's maybe like yourself that's in a more populated area that sees this more often so i'm like this isn't an issue and then other people are like no fuck yes it is in my high school they've got five general neutral bathrooms you know we're gonna i'm not going to react the same way they are because it's not happening to me though i do have an opinion on it i don't react dude you would see me down there fucking kicking down doors if that shit was happening here and so yeah you'd see a reaction there but i would say there are people in my shoes reacting to shit that's so there are people in my shoes in north carolina in america chilling that are fucking pissed off about israel right now or russia or ukraine losing their fucking minds over shit so far away that doesn't impact them because it gives them something to talk about and a way to remain relevant i mean just for a sneak peek into my everyday life like life is pretty normal in florida but it's <laughs> weird to see how everyone talks about it just because we're in the spotlight and our governor's running for president and a lot of people have opinions and man the media loves to talk about florida so um, talking to people who don't live here about what it's like to live here is interesting, but life is normal. There isn't, you know, guys in little girls' bathrooms. Um, it's not something I'm concerned about, and it seems like we're actively trying to prevent that. 
but political conversations do seem to come up a lot. Like even in my recreational activities, there are people, it comes up every single time. Uh, it's at the front of people's minds. Maybe it is because it's more urban, uh, even though it's like suburban, but um, it's uh, it's a weird thing, dude. Like we really sit and break it down because we're doing the same thing. And I would say within the path to excellence, the group on Facebook, as well as fraternity, you know, the, the membership side of the house, we're seeing men who they start when they first join, they're more active on those. And then you see them sort of refine it down to their specific desires. And so you'll see the guy who posts a shit ton, especially the new guys. Did you see this? DeSantis did this. You see Trump did that. Biden this, you know, whatever. And then you start to see, hey, I worked out here. Hey, I had this conversation with my wife. Hey, I did. And all of a sudden it's like the tone. They don't have time for that because now they're just so focused on these other things. And I'm going to fucking go on a little fucking side path here for a second <laughs> because I feel like I hate when people respond with this. So I'm going to address it now. I'm not saying don't be aware of what's going on in the world. I am aware of my local politics. I am aware of what's happening at the national level. I just don't care. I am just so like slight caring until it impacts my life, my children's life that I feel like I should do something. And when I do something, it and this actually got me banned from my town's Facebook page and called a fucking racist in Rhode Island. I do take a stand. I do speak up. And so to me, if something matters that much to you, then you should be out there in the in the physical world, standing your ground, leading fucking campaigns, having a counter argument. You know, you should take a stand at some point in the literal sense. And so to me, just understand. And I feel like I had to say it because I always get a comment on the podcast or my Twitter, or whatever. Yeah, bro, you're just fucking living with your head in the sand. Just wait until they come take your family and your money. No, motherfucker. Like I'm talking, like I'm telling you right now, I'm doing everything I can to not let that happen, but I'm not consumed by it at all. You got to concentrate on how you can control your life and the things under your control and pay attention to those things. I mean, you mentioned if there was a, a, a man in the bathroom with your daughter, you would kick down the door. Then it was brought to brought to your attention where you actually needed to pay attention to it. Um, as far as it nationally, there's really nothing you're going to do to change the objectives of um, whoever the big names are. It takes me a second to think of them. Joe Biden, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, heard that guy before. Uh, Mitch McConnell? No, I think he's on the other side. Uh, no, it's good to be aware, but um, you got to draw a line and you only have so much awareness to give. And if you're given a lot of awareness to what's going on in like upper level politics that you have no influence over, uh, your time would be better spent locally. How did you get to the point where you stopped trying to keep up with the fucking, I'm not even going to say the victim Olympics. You tried keeping up with the, the media relevancy. Um, I guess it's gradually gone down over time. I was never super, super deep into it, but you know, when I joined the fraternity, I was definitely more active in the political observation channel. And now I like never engaged just because people have their opinions. It's really hard to sway. I can say what I think. And then people probably judge me. Like, you know, if I say I like DeSantis better than Trump, well, half the people are going to think I'm an idiot and no one's going to think I'm smart. <laughs> but, and then the vice versa. It's just, people are really, really dug into their opinions and, um, it's it's basically similar to being like i like this uh, athlete or i like this basketball player and he's the best no he's the best um yes we're judging on ideas but how many how many politicians actually um do what they say they're going to do after they're elected anyway so like we're fervent furiously debating their ideas and what they say and it never even turns into action so uh, i've uh, i've voted libertarian my entire life there everyone could hate me now dude <laughs> triggered you think about that, man. Think about how many people spent hours this for Trump, this against Trump, like what the fuck ever. And then you look back and it's like, what did that actually do? It didn't do anything. Everything played out exactly how it would have had you not spent all that time on Twitter fucking slapping the keyboard or whatever it is you went and done. 
or I had done. And I look at that and I, it's interesting because people get mad at you for choosing left. They'll get mad at you for choosing right. Or they'll get mad at you for not choosing and just saying like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm kind of just doing my own thing. And that's happening to me on Twitter right now. It's when I, and it's actually happened in FOE. I'm like, guys, I just don't care about this. And they're like, you have to care. No, I don't. Not caring is an option. And when we talk about like how to not give a fuck, how to stop giving a fuck, I legit let things mean nothing to me that mean a lot to other people. And I allow that. I don't care. I allow things to mean nothing to me because it doesn't matter to me. I used to know the entire lineup of the Red Sox. I used to know the entire fucking every like my my fucking knowledge of the New England Patriots, the Red Sox. Like I dude, I knew all of it. And now I couldn't tell you a single fucking player. Like Brady left. Tell me who's in the Patriots. Fucking Bill Belichick, man. Who's in the Red Sox? I don't even fucking know anymore. <laughs> Why? Because I'm focused on my son's middle school team and coaching my 15U team. That's all my mental energy goes there. And if I'm not thinking about my baseball team and my son or my family, I'm thinking about other things that I do. I want to contribute to. I want to grow. Photography, writing, FOE, mission of excellence, all the things we're doing, those are what matter to me. I don't care about the fucking Red Sox anymore. I don't care about the Patriots. You know, my life has evolved to where those are just distractions at this point. I mean, do you want to be a player or you want to be a spectator? Mission of Excellence is something you're working on to actually play in the game, in the arena. That's my sport, man. (laughs) It's embarrassing to me when I look back on how I knew all the same stuff about hockey teams and like cared a lot. And um, I remember being a little kid and my dad had it right too. Like he was way more interested in going to my hockey games and watching the Rangers. And I'm like, man, I can't even understand that. Why would you? You know, they're amazing, whatever. And now I'm in the same place and I'm just like, oh, I get it. That's interesting. Do you think um, politics are like the, the mature version of sports? Like some people go from watching sports to watching politics and they're like rooting for fans. Like they're, they're rooting for politicians the way they would root for a team. They're, they're similarity. There's overlap. Yeah, I just maybe. put that together, man. That, kinda, <laughs> that just blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. I mean, maybe you just grow bored with the sports, but you're still a rooter at heart. You're still a watcher at heart. You know, you're still a spectator. Instead, you, there's stuff to build. There's so many things to build. Um, free time like who has four hours to watch a football game it, it, it's, it's crazy to me um, I have so much fun trying to build stuff and even if the stuff fails trying to do it you're playing the game but I had a rule when I was a very little kid some people would miss games to go watch a game and I'm like I will never miss playing a game to watch a game and I've kept that through men's league through everything I'll never spectate when you could play and that goes for life man like <laughs> when I'm looking at this what you just said there that's my approach to doing this thing with with life. Like, I'm not here to watch this thing go by. I'm not here to, like, watch my kids grow up and be a part of them growing up. I'm not here to watch my, my wife, you know, do her thing. Like, we are going to grow together. We're going to keep growing as individuals. And that's going to make the relationship stronger. But how the fuck am I making the relationship stronger if I'm spending hours a day clapping on this fucking keyboard on this screen about, I got to prove somebody wrong on the internet. Man, there's an infinite supply of people coming to you from the internet. You know, there are times I'm sitting there, Jackie, and I, I'm, I'm typing something out to like an FOE guy. I'm like, babe, hold on. I just got to prove this. I just got to like let this out. I got to prove this point. I got to let him know. And she's like, it's fucking crazy. I'm like, I know. But like to me, I'd much rather do that and work with somebody that I know and like have an exchange of ideas and battle back and forth than share my ideas or my mental energy and time with somebody who doesn't know I exist about something that's not going to change. Like if I'm sitting here and I'm typing to you. I'm like, no, Jeff, fuck that. Like do this, not that. Or you're like, no, fuck Zach. Go here. Don't go there. That back and forth, that disagreement we have will lead to productivity. Mm-hmm. That shit online for politics, for celebrity crushes, for fucking like divorce happening, whatever scandals going on, like that shit and your input on it doesn't fucking matter. Like, what are you trying to do there? I don't well, think I don't see progress is coming. 
yeah, why do you give a fuck about that? Like, I know why you give a fuck about having the conversation in FOE, you positively influence people's lives. So it's worth, you know, some, there's a, there's a line where you cross over and it's, you know, it's time to move on, but uh, giving a fuck about arguing about what player is better, who's the greatest player, LeBron or Michael Jordan. um, Why do you give a fuck really? I think that's the ultimate question. You know, if you're listening to this and you're, you're going on this theme of like, why? Why do you care? Like, why do you keep making these things a part of you? Oftentimes, there's a void. There's something missing in you. There's a distraction you want from your life. You know, and I see that playing out frequently. People don't want to think about their bills. They don't want to think about the relationship with their kids. They don't want to think about how they haven't had sex in a year. They don't want to think about, you know, what they look like in the mirror. But when you talk about Trump, you talk about Biden, you talk about these things, you get that feeling like you're doing something that matters. And that's all that's needed. It's like faux accomplishment. But if you were to actually work on yourself, like you could actually turn and face those things you don't want to address, the hard things, like where are you failing? If you were to turn and focus on that, you wouldn't have the time that we're talking about for politics. Like it's not that we don't have the time because we don't literally have the time. We have the same hours as everybody else. But we put our hours towards ourselves. We put our hours towards those relationships, towards improving ourselves, towards building things together. You know, that's where we put our time. I could easily sit here for four hours and fucking talk shit about fucking Biden. We could, we could run a whole podcast. We could make Path to Excellence and anti-Biden or anti-Trump and talk about it every single day and go like, hey, what did the news say about somebody today? Nebraska filibuster for trans people. Let's go. Here's another hour of our life. But I'd much rather talk about how the fuck you can get away from that because I don't want you to be in that system because it does nothing for you, the person. And at the end of the day, what we're doing here is to help real men do some real work to get some real fucking results. And that means you have to stop with all these really big distractions in your life. The bread and circuses, they're intentional and they're effective. So if you're falling for them, realize you're falling for them and stop now. Like, you know, or at least start to realize they are stealing my attention that could be used to build something, to build your own body. I mean, everyone's got every excuse in the book, but I see the real serious people get up early in the morning and they work out. And those same people probably are not having the energy to argue about sports at the end of the day or whatever politics or whatever it is. It's bread and circuses is whatever distraction they can get you to stop from building yourself into being stronger. Because to tie it all together, if you weren't into the bread and circuses, but you were into building yourself, your body, your businesses, your family, uh, you're probably not going to fall for the narratives and uh, accept lockdowns and your children's school being shut and all of those things. It all ties together. You fall for the bread and circuses. You also fall for the propaganda. That was very smooth. <laughs> like how you just tied that together. That was perfect. Looking at that, I was thinking about it from this window. When I got sober, one of the things that I, an unexpected growth was removing booze gave me more time. I didn't realize how much time I was making myself pretty much incapacitated to doing creative events or having conversations or just engaging with my family. And so I understood the money. I understood the health. But the time, that was a surprise for me. And it was was a welcome surprise. Like, oh, shit, I've got more hours in my day each night. That's great. I'm more productive. Looking at that from the lens of, you know, content, consumption, outrage, giving a fuck about the wrong things, you will earn back so much more time when you let go of those things. So when you say, I don't have time for the gym, you'll find that time. Well, I don't have time to sit and read with my kids. No, you'll find that time. I don't have time for date nights. You'll find that time. You can do it at home. You know, like I'm so sick of people saying, well, they don't have the time, but then you go on their timeline and it's gotten a shit ton more attention than the bloodline. They're sitting here giving the, the whole world everything and they're not giving their family, like the, the whole world gets the best and their family gets the rest because that's where they're putting all their effort. That's where they keep leaning in. Like, oh, I got to talk about this thing. Man, put that same vigor into like raising your kids and leading your wife and just getting your ass to being the best self you can be 
and you will find that you have so much more time to do the things you want to do than you had previous that was being stolen by these fucking people who, again, bring you to a life of redundancy without progress. Same thing over and over and over, but you're getting nowhere with it. One one mental shift I did have in the last few years was looking at social media more as a tool than as entertainment. Because um, if you look back at all the time you spend on your social media and like analyze it, was that the best use of your life? Um, and multiply it over the course of decades now. Like if 30 years from now, you spend as much time on social media, scrolling through, just reading, um, being entertained, getting the up to the minute information, it is going to waste a lot of your life. And that is by design. Um, reading older things is so much more productive. They've stood the test of time. They're analyzed. They, um, if you, if you're writing actually last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, if you're reading a book from 25 years ago, you can find it because it was valuable. But if you're reading something that was written three seconds ago, for whatever reason, it attracts so much attention. Like even with me, I notice like, it's like you want to do that, but it's, um, it's this weird trick where you're giving away your attention and your the days of your life towards scrolling um looking at social media as a tool even if you're not like a content creator but you look at it as a tool for networking or something it will if you just change the perception of how you view the thing social media in general that it's not for entertainment i think huge gains can be made because i made them so i just looked at my my time and I, my, I averaged six hours on my phone last week. <laughs> six hours a day on my phone. Oh, That's a day. Okay. I don't know if it was day or week. Let me, okay. I'm trying to check it. But I look at that and I was like, holy shit. Like, is that good? Is that normal? Like, what is yours? <laughs> what, what is the normal amount of time people use in their phones? I have no idea. You know, but looking at it, like it breaks it down by like productivity and finance, social information and reading. My top one is Slack followed by Twitter. And so right there, you can see majority of my time is spent with men in the FOE. That's, that's where I go for that. And then on Twitter, basically, that's my next major platform of talking to people and engaging. But I reset to this week. And so since I guess it starts on a Sunday, I've spent one hour on my phone. And so that's my average. That's an, I don't know if that's a lot of time or not. <laughs> like, I don't know. The phone, I have no idea what the average is there. The phone is an incredible tool. And I, I mean, I play music off my phone when I'm in the gym or like even when I'm in my car, I'll use Apple CarPlay and stuff. So I don't know if my metrics are accurate. And I use the phone a lot. Like I, I, I short-term trade and I often use my phone for um, stock quotes and stuff. So I'm sure my phone usage is off the chart. And I'll tell you what, I think it's actually damaged my, um, my neck. Like I think just looking at it, which is... That's a thing. Did you know that? I'm going through it. Like, so I mean it's a fine line that I need to be aware of how much of my phone is controlling me. But if I'm, if I'm looking at quotes and trading off of it, you know, that's not a bad thing. Um, since I trade profitably, some people, you know, are gambling. <laughs> so that's another story altogether. But then obviously working in Slack, um, we co-own a business that, you know, we're working on our business in Slack. So that's a, that's acceptable too. But I, I think it's just whether you're using it as a tool or using it as a pacifier, if you're using it as entertainment and I catch myself, I still do it too. Like if I'm, if I'm sitting, I'll have to sometimes remind myself to put the phone down and enjoy the moment. And I see you do that a lot better than I do. Um, but it's just, it's awareness and deliberate action and knowing what you're doing and not lying to yourself. And uh, I'm looking at Twitter because I need the information. I need to be aware. I need to get smarter. So this is a good thing. Is it really a good thing? Is it really serving you? When you look back six months ago, would that time, has that time helped your life? Has it helped where you want to go? There was a time, I think it was this past December. It's actually when I found photography, which is a whole different uh, discussion. 
to be had there because that downtime actually helped my brain expand further than a lot of distractions I had while online. And so looking at that, when I stopped, I wasn't on social media. I stopped tweeting. I wasn't writing for the blog. I wasn't doing anything. I was kind of just, I was focused on FOE and just kind of doing my thing, going through my day to day. And I found myself not, I didn't go through withdrawals, but I was, I started thinking initially, like what's going on, like what's happening. And when when that went away, I realized nothing changed. I would say it was like late December, maybe January when I picked it back up. I missed nothing. Nothing happened that I needed to be aware of. Nothing had changed. I think I had like a million fucking DMs, but that was about it. Like outside of that, nothing had happened online that would have impacted me or I needed to know. And so I thought about it and I've become so much more sparse with my social media use because I'm a creator. I'm not a consumer. And so like there are very specific accounts I go and watch just because I enjoy those people and they do educate me. You know, and so I sit there and I use this platform. Well, I go to Facebook, use the Path to Excellence group, obviously within the fraternity. But I didn't miss a damn thing, man. And we're talking like maybe two weeks of zero social media and maybe a month of like very, very sparse and limited, just kind of like popping in, checking messages, popping out. And it's just insane how nothing mattered. Kind of like when I dropped Hunter Drew, became Zach Small. I was like, something big is going to happen. I dropped a pen name. Nothing fucking happened. Same thing here. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I pulled up Fox News and NBC News just to compare them against each other. And I thought I was going to read opposite opinions. And that was going to be the interesting takeaway. That wasn't what hit me. The interesting takeaway was these headlines look identical to what was happening three or four years ago. Just like change a couple of details, but it's the same exact thing. Like Trump being investigated by DOJ for XYZ. and Redundancy without progress, man. I'm telling you. (laughs) It's a rerun. And what it really makes me think about is uh, the book 1984, George Orwell, who's so brilliant. Um, He describes a situation where the people are subjected to two minutes of hate every day, where they need to look at a screen and get their two minutes of hate. And he could see 2023 from 1940 or 50 <laughs> or whatever he crazy, wrote. Twitter is the two minutes of hate for many people. Can you think about Except that? It's two hours. You can you can curate that timeline and people choose that. They choose the anger. They choose it to be triggered. They choose the reactions. They don't choose productivity or growth. Maybe that's what's separating those who are winning and growing from those who aren't. You know, and where, where do you think that is percentage-wise, though? You think most people are using it for distraction or most people are using it to connect and grow? Oh yeah, they're they're brilliant. I mean, the people who are they're brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other interesting thing to think about is that negativity sells so much better than positivity. So much so that even my one of my favorite creators of all time, Robert Kiyosaki, wrote a great book in who knows, nineteen ninety or something, and he has realized that selling negativity is so much more profitable. So now all he sells is negativity. If you look at the view counts on YouTube videos that are predicting economic ruin, they are ten times anything which is reasonably educational on upside. And it's not the entertainment value. It's not that all the negative people have better production. It's that if it bleeds, it leads. And they know that. And they're smart. And now they have a direct line to your pocket. So it's something to be very Dude, increasingly aware of. It Perfect test, perfect example. There's a Red Pill uh, YouTuber. And something along the lines of, he made two videos to test this. It was 10 green flags, look for a woman. 10 red flags, look for a woman. The 10 red flags, fucking like 30 X'd the green flags mm-hmm. like it's not same exact style same exact everything but one was just here's what to look for for marriage and ltrs and here's what to look out for and dude everybody went to the red flags i mean it was the title was the same the flags were the same just green versus red everything was the exact same thumbnail damn near same and it, it legit i would say it was like a, a three or four to one ratio why are we so drawn to negativity i don't know fear 
you know, we, we like the drama. Why do you think uh, soap operas have such like, oh, you married my twin. Oh, you know, he's my long lost kid. Is like if you showed a nuclear family, like, oh, we're happily married and we got this stability. It's just normal, man. Like there's no drama there. And I think people just naturally are drawn to drama because biologically, I think we're hardwired to look out for things. We're like, when things are good, we're not really looking for anything. When things are bad, we're aware. We're paying attention. What's going on? What's that noise? Why is this happening? Oh, what's changing here? It just, we're wired and drawn to that shit. And this is me shooting from the fucking hit, man. Like I've not done the research. Huberman probably has already done a fucking podcast on this. And so maybe we need to get him on here and ask him, you know, but looking at that, man, I think we're just conditioned to be aware of things that could go wrong. And so when people are showing things going wrong, we're like, fuck yeah, I got to pay attention. Now you're right. The positivity is boring and the negativity is uh, explosive and entertaining. And it comes back to entertainment. Why don't we see everybody being bodybuilders? Because eating the same food and doing the same workouts is boring. Why don't we see people financially growing? Because saving the money and, and being conservative with it and making sure it's going where it needs to go is boring. You know, why do we not see those? I can go on. Stupid question. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when we look at that, you know, I'm just realizing people, they, they say they want things, but they're not willing to do the boring work to get there. Oh, I think, uh, I think that covers it. This is a good discussion, Jeff. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Join the Path to Excellence Facebook group if you want some more. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to today's Path to Excellence podcast. Join the free Facebook community Path to Excellence and then head on over to fraternityofexcellence.com and join now.